Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome again to the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Dr. Squatch Soaps. Get 20% off your orders of $20 or more at drsquatch.com when you use the promo code SKS20. Again, that's 20% off orders of $20 or more at drsquatch.com when you use the promo code SKS20. My name is Ryan Scullard. I am your host and it was uh, quite the day of, uh, of football today. There was a lot of disappointments um, some surprise, um, definitely some surprise performances that uh, may, uh, many of us were not expecting. Uh, so um, we uh, there's going to be a lot to cover tonight in our Kings and Stings. Uh, we will go over a few stories uh, from uh, injuries in the uh, in the NFL, and then we will do a quick preview of the Monday Night Football game. I hope everyone's uh, rosters are doing well so far. It was an up and down day for me. Uh, I had I had some DFS lineups that did pretty well. I had one that, due to the um, due to the kneel down by Russell Wilson at the end of the game with Dallas, took me out of the money. That point one, that one yard took me out of the running, uh, out of the money in in one of my DFS lineups. So, uh, but otherwise, I had a bunch of lineups that did pretty well today. Uh, overall, I think I went one in four. There's just a lot of, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of injuries. I've got, you know, I've got multiple, multiple teams that had Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, James White, um, D- uh, Jameson Crowder. So yeah, <laughs> kind of all over the place with my, with my lineup. So, um, with that being said, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the news and notes from the day with today's headlines. Starting it off, um, Mitch Trubisky has officially been benched um, in the game uh, with the Atlanta Falcons today. It, uh, it it was going okay for Trubisky, I want to say. Let me see if I can pull up his actual stats here. Oh, he finished... He finished 13 of 22 for 128 yards, um, had uh, one touchdown and one interception, also had one rush of 45 yards, but uh, just wasn't quite getting it done. And the uh, the the Bears put in Nick Foles, and Nick Foles 
comes through with a, a 16 of 29 for 188 yards. Throws an interception, but does throw three touchdown passes. Um, and the Chicago Bears come back to beat the Falcons. The Falcons are now 0-3. And that's two weeks in a row where they've given up given up decent leads. Um, no, this one they were up what uh, twenty six to ten, so they were up by sixteen, and end up losing this one, giving up twenty points in the fourth quarter. So, um, I don't know how much longer Dan Quinn has that job. So, uh, very very interesting to see what happens with the Falcons with their offense. Um, with their defense, especially Dan Quinn is supposed to be a, a, a defensive guy. Uh, he was the, um, you know, he was the the head or he was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks when they won the the Super Bowl in 2013 against uh, the uh, the Denver Broncos. So again, very it'll be very interesting to see what happens there um, in Atlanta. I don't I, I think that Dan Quinn's days are numbered. Um, unfortunately, there was some other, you know, some some sad news from this game. It looks like Tariq Cohen is most likely lost for the season. Uh, the Bears, as of right now, fear that he has uh, a torn ACL. Um, many of you, I mean, you'll probably, you know, for those of you who who you know listen to the episode in the morning, um, recording this late Sunday night after the Sunday night football game. Uh, you will probably know before this, before you actually hear this. But um, if you don't, it's it's quite possible that he's got uh, a torn ACL, which um, you know is is really a really stinks for this offense. I mean, Tariq Cohen is a, is a real um, high energy guy, uh, you know, able to to really put a a lot into this team, and is able to pro- to produce in multiple different ways, not just you know um, running the ball, but also catching the ball. It's been used as a kick returner and punt returner so um, this is going to be a big loss for this team if he's uh, if he is indeed out for the season so um, hoping that he gets well quickly so that he can be ready for the 2021 season um, the the last major um, major ish uh, story for the day was uh, Chris Carson in terms of injury news uh, Chris Carson's knee injury does not seem as bad as they originally thought it looks like it's just a knee sprain. That being said, Carlos Hyde and um, and Travis Homer are probably going to need to be picked up on on waivers for this next week, going up against the Miami Dolphins. And so uh, those guys are definitely going to get some work. I I honestly believe that the the Seahawks will likely give Carson a break this next week. Um, I mean, they could play him, but um, if he's not anywhere close to 100%, I think they hold him out. I think that they will be. Um, I think that they will be happy enough with what uh, with what Hyde and um, Travis Homer can do to be able to um, to be able to uh, uh, get through the game against Miami uh, this next weekend. So, um, a cu- just a couple other little injuries. Uh, Jared Cook suffered an ankle injury against the Packers. We will have to wait probably until the morning to see how um, how severe it is. Uh, Chris Godwin left with a hamstring injury today. Uh, let's see. There was another one. Deshaun Jackson uh, dealt with a hamstring issue. Uh, Dallas Goddard um, 
went out with an ankle injury today. John Brown went out with a calf injury. Russell Gage uh, went out with a head injury, most likely had a concussion. Uh, Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson went out with a concussion. So, I mean, there was just a lot more injuries, just more injuries today that the um, that, you know, the NFL has had to has had to deal with. Um, honestly, I blame the, the lack of real training camp and the lack of preseason to this. So um, just with how things went this offseason with covid, this was this should have been somewhat expected in terms of how many injuries have been happening. So. With that being said, we are going to get right into our Kings and Sting section of the podcast where we go over the um, best and worst performances of the fantasy football weekend, uh, excluding, of course, the Monday Night Football game. So uh, starting it off with the quarterbacks uh, at number one. Mr. Seahawk, Russell Wilson, 36.8 points. He threw for 315 yards, five touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. And to think he would have scored over 40 points today. He would have scored over 40 points today. Had DK Metcalf held onto the ball and ran through the end zone instead of slowing up and holding the ball with one hand and having uh, Diggs knock it out of his hands at the one-yard line through the end zone for a um, through the end zone for a touchback. That was another thing that irritated me. That my one uh, DFS lineup that uh, <clears throat> that uh, I missed out by like a tenth a tenth of a point. Uh, I had the Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf stack in that, and so that was even more even more depressing. Uh, number two. Mr. Josh Allen has been lighting the league on fire right behind Russell Wilson. Um, this has been very unexpected. I mean, he's already thrown for 400 yards in a game, threw for 311 today, four touchdowns, uh, did throw an interception and lose a fumble, uh, but finished with 32.2 points. So big day from Josh Allen. Uh, which is, I mean, that's huge just considering he's going up against a defense that's been pretty tight against uh, wide receivers, so... Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, obviously going up against the Seahawks, put up big numbers. Uh, 400 career best, 472 yards passing, three touchdowns, uh, two interceptions, lost fumble, 29.5 points on the day. Moving on to the running backs, Mr. Alvin Kamara in Sunday Night Football, 38.2 points in half point PPR, finished with 13 receptions, 197 total yards, and two touchdowns. Big night for him. Um, Really was just, he was the offense for the Saints tonight. Um, well, in partly. It was it was actually nice to see Drew Brees get a little bit of the passing game going without having um, without having Michael Thomas. Now, of course, a lot of that, again, a lot of that went through Kamara um, to provide a lot of that. So, uh, number two, big game out of Rex Burkhead. This is just, I mean, this, this is one of those ones, if James White was playing, this would have been James White this game. Uh, 31.3 points, seven receptions, 98 total yards, and three touchdowns. So big game out of Rex Burkhead. Um, really, he was he was about it for the uh, uh, for the New England Patriots today. Uh, and number three, James Robinson, 27.9 points, finished with six receptions in Thursday Night Football, 129 total yards, and two touchdowns. So uh, 
it's it's really nice to see what he's been doing in Jacksonville. He has been playing very, very well. He is definitely um, one of those guys that's um, taken advantage of the of the um, of the time that he's gotten with. I mean, because it was supposed to be right once once Fournette was gone, it was supposed to be Reichwell Armstead's backfield, and then he gets the you know he gets the COVID diagnosis, say, and he's going to be out for a little while. And so they, you know, they give it to undrafted James Robinson. What do you know? He is absolutely taking over that backfield. So, uh, big game out of James Robinson. Good, to, good to see uh, an undrafted guy really, really having a great season so far through the first three games. To the wide receivers, uh, starting it off, number one, Tyler Lockett, thirty-two point five points, nine receptions, a hundred yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I went back and forth between Lock. I'm going to keep talking about this. I went back and forth between Lock and DK, which guy was going to be the bigger guy for today. Um, and I actually had a couple stacks with Lockett and, and Wilson, um, just not you know just not the one that I was closest to the money in. So um, number two, big surprise here: Justin Jefferson, 27 points for Minnesota, finishes with seven catches, 175 yards and a touchdown one of the his touchdown was i believe a 71 yarder so even then he was six for what 104 so it looks like the the minnesota vikings have finally found their number two behind adam thielen could possibly take over the number one role and adam thielen just be the role player number two so we'll see how that plays out the rest of the season but big game out of justin jefferson and number three again from the um from the Cowboys Seahawks game, it is not Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, or Amari Cooper. Who was it? Cedric Wilson, owned in zero percent of Yahoo leagues, goes for twenty-five point two points, five receptions, hundred and seven yards, and two touchdowns. Both those touchdowns were over forty yards. So, big game out of Cedric Wilson today. Um, for our tight ends, this see this is what happens in fantasy football. This is just if you take out Travis Kelsey and and Andrews, who are playing tomorrow night, Monday night in Monday Night Football, from Baltimore and Casey, you take the top 13 tight ends in terms of what they scored just this weekend, the top 13, only two of them are rostered in more than 30% of leagues in Yahoo. That is absolutely ridiculous. That there was that much spread all I mean, this is this is why in fantasy football drafts in the beginning of the year, so many experts tell you you can stream a tight end. You can stream a tight end. You can stream a tight end. If you're playing in a 10, 8, 10, 12 team league, you do not need to draft a tight end in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. Because they're going to be, there's going to be someone that you are going to be able to pick up every week due to injuries, due to matchups, whatever it is. Um, now it can be hard to predict who that's going to be, but a lot of that you can base off the matchup, who they're playing against, and that sort of thing. Um, one of these guys, he's going to be a, a top waiver ad, especially especially now. Uh, number one this week, Jimmy Graham. Getting some, uh, getting, uh, turning back the clock a little bit. Six catches, 60 yards, two touchdowns, finished 21 points today. I think now with Nick Foles, it is going to be the Jimmy Graham and, and, uh, and Allen Robinson show. 
in Chicago. I think I think that Jimmy Graham needs to be picked up now. Now that he's got a quarterback that can hit him in an offense that uses tight ends. See, that's the thing. He was used in in Seattle towards the end of his tenure in Seattle. Not in the beginning because it was an offense that just didn't use tight ends. They used tight ends to block. That has changed um, and we saw that last year with um, with you know Jacob Hollister, Will Disley, those kind of guys, um, and even even today with Jacob Hollister and, and Greg Olson, they use the pass offense. They use tight ends. Jimmy Graham went from an offense that went used tight ends all right, um, better as he as he was going with the with the Seahawks, to the Green Bay Packers that almost never used a tight end. I mean, Robert Tanyan had a great night tonight. Uh, was it uh, five for fifty and a touchdown? But that's the exception in that offense. And part of that again was because of the fact that they didn't have uh, Devontae Adams. He's the number one. And then after that, then we may see you know when when Adams goes down, then we kind of see the tight end getting used a little bit more. But uh, unless that happens, you know. You're just not going to see the tight end get used very often in Green Bay. So until they get a different quarterback. Uh, number two, another big surprise, you know, big shocker that hardly anyone o- uh, hardly anyone rosters. Uh, Tyler Croft, 16.4 points, finishes four catches, 24 yards, and two touchdowns. So big day for him as well. And last but not least, another tight end that no one expected really much. I, people kind of hoped that he would be able to provide um, some decent value. Eric Ebron, 13.7 points, five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown um, for Pittsburgh. Just, I'm not expecting that kind of production regularly from Eric Ebron. Obviously not Tyler Croft. He was playing because Dawson Knox was out. Dawson Knox was out, I believe, was it Concussion? Well, he was still in concussion protocol and couldn't play this week. I, something like that. It could have been it could have been a leg or something. But Tyler Croft played because Dawson Knox was out for this week, and so you know he's he's a fill in. So we're not really expecting Tyler Croft to do this over and over and over again. Eric Ebron, he's basically the starting tight end for the um, for the Steelers, and so the Steelers are another team that don't use the tight end consistently. Um, you know, you go back to was it Heath Miller was the big tight end for many, many years with the Steelers, especially in the beginning of of for most of Big Ben's career. And and he was a guy that would be used semi regularly. Um, you know, he'd he'd finish a season with, you know, six touchdowns and, you know, five or six hundred receiving yards, but he'd have like three games with one or two touchdowns and 85 90 yards and then most games he was you know three catches for 30 yards that was it that was all the production he had uh, because he was mostly used as like a blocking tight end it'll be interesting to see if Ebron can get more usage in this offense with a healthy Juju Smith-Schuster I think I think what for for lack of a better term helped Ebron's cause in this game for production was the injury to Deontay Johnson who went out with a concussion so um, we'll see what you know kind of what how this plays out for next week 
for Eric Ebron as well. All right, going to the stings, the ouchy performances. Now this is this is something that the the way we do our stings. Now I've I've mentioned this before, but I just want to I just want to cover this again. When we talk about a sting, it doesn't just mean someone who put up a zero because there are guys that are owned in 50, 60% of leagues that may, you may have started that puts up a zero. That happens. These are guys that are owned in like 85 plus percent of leagues that you almost definitely did not sit. Um that you know they're a top top 10 top 15 performer at their position um that puts up a big stinker so uh for that uh so that's kind of our explanation of this so it's not necessarily a guy that oh you know i streamed this guy and he didn't you know and he didn't score any points okay yeah he was a streamer he wasn't your regular starter so uh so for example here today our two quarterback stings are matt ryan and cam newton matt ryan Put up 12.4 points. I actually sat Matt Ryan. Unfortunately, I sat him for Gardner Minshew, who put up two less points than Matt Ryan in a league. Um, and then I actually sat Gardner Minshew for Ryan Tannehill, who also put up 12 points. So I wasn't winning that matchup either way. Um, so Matt Ryan, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 12.4 points. Which a lot of us were somewhat predicting that it was going to be a tough day for him simply because he didn't have Julio Jones and the the Chicago defense is getting back to their to their uh, their tough distinctive ways. So um, I did not have Matt Ryan super high in my rankings this week. Uh, and number two is Cam Newton. I did have him semi high in my rankings. One hundred and sixty two yards passing, one touchdown, and one interception 12.1 points a lot of the a lot of the offense basically went through uh um rex burkhead this week so so those are qb stings moving on to our running back stings again taking on that same um that same moniker of you know highly owned guys that are that just did not perform uh jacobs uh 7.8 points against new england today uh joe mixon and, you know, I can show my notes from the beginning of the year. Joe Mixon, or you, you know, it was. I think I may have even had a podcast on this. Maybe it was just the article. Maybe just the article that I wrote. You can check SkullKingSports.com. Go to our fantasy football section, uh, and you can even do it in the search bar. Uh, you know, look up ADP guys I would not pay for at their ADP. One of them was Joe Mixon because he was going as like the number six or seven. Maybe even number five in some leagues. He was going as the number five running back off the board. They just they don't have the offensive line to consistently provide running lanes for Joe Mixon to run through. They simply don't. Um, and so that's it's. I just don't see Mixon being worth a uh, a running back five pick because if you're going to pick a guy as one of your the top. Any of the top 10 running backs you pick, your expectation should be that they have a shot at being a top five running back. If they are, you know, even even running back six through 10, you pick running back six through 10, all of them should have a shot by the end of the year. You feel confident that they could be a top five running back by the end of the year. If you're picking someone at number five, the number five running back, you should think he has the opportunity to end up possibly being the number one or number two running back in the league in terms of fantasy. 
I cannot see that out of Joe Mixon with the inconsistency and with the offensive line, uh, the poor run blocking that offensive line has in in Cincinnati. So, sorry, I'll get off my high horse. Uh, moving on, Kenyon Drake, 8.4 points. Uh, a week after Aaron Jones just lights up the, the Detroit defense, I think they finally got a few things figured out in the run game. And so Kenyon Drake, I, he... He put up, I, I want to say it was like 73, 76 yards or something um, rushing. Just couldn't get into the end zone. Um, only like one or two catches. So just not a lot of production there. The uh, The Cardinals struggled a little bit on offense. I want to say Kyler Murray threw three interceptions. So, um, yeah, did just it wasn't a, a great day from all the offense, all the potential offensive weapons in uh, in Arizona. Moving on, our wide receiver stings. Uh, Julian Edelman, three point two points. You know, I've in the live stream. I was telling guys, Julian Edelman. He, you know, he should put up a decent amount of points. I'm amazed he didn't. Um, again, like I said, a lot of the the points, most of the points on that offense went through Rex Burkhead today. So, just uh, I guess Cam just was not on. I didn't get a chance to see much of the game. Cam just was not on today. So, the other two. Wide receiver stings, Odell and DJ Moore, 7.9 and 7.5 points. In that article I previously mentioned about Mixon and a guy I was not wor- willing to pay for with his current ADP, Odell and DJ Moore were both in that article. Um, I was not... With how many weapons are around Odell, it's going to make it tough anyways. Because you've got Jarvis Landry. I understand they don't use Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is a, a very good tight end weapon. They just don't throw to him. But then you've also got two running backs in in Hunt and Chubb. And Chubb is uh, Chubb is ripping it up. I love what Chubb is doing so far this year. And Hunt, being the secondary back, has been you know he's putting up close to running back one points in terms of fantasy and half point PPR. Look at who they got as a new head coach in Stefanski, who last year changed the offense in Minnesota to instead of it being the Adam the you know the Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs show to using them as support for the Dalvin Cook running game. And what has it turned into in Cleveland? The Nick Chubb with a little bit of Kareem Hunt thrown in run and short passing game with a little bit of thrown out to Odell and DJ with a little bit of thrown out to Odell. Now Odell struggled. I mean, Baker Mayfield has not been great. I want to say what was it, you know, last week Odell had was it three catches on on 10 targets. It's been rough for Odell. I just I'm I'm not he was being drafted as the number 12 wide receiver in drafts. I don't think I he's I mean, I don't shoot, I don't have it up here. Um but he's not putting up anywhere near that amount of points. Now, they could get things going later on. But with how it's looking right now, that's not the way this offense works. And I just I don't see him putting up top 12 points. The other one is DJ Moore. That offense is going to it, – it's going to have its waves of ups and downs. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy to throw a lot of deep passes, which in the last couple of years it was kind of DJ Moore's thing. I mean, he was – they moved him to – you know, running some more shorter routes last year because they had um, Kyle Allen as their quarterback. 
And DJ Moore, DJ Moore was not a, and again, it could have been the quarterback, but DJ Moore was less explosive in his second year than he was in his first year. He had less separation, less yards after catch per reception. Um, just was not was not the same as he was the year before when he had Cam Newton. And then they go to Teddy Bridgewater, and everyone's saying, well, he's got a better quarterback now. He's going to put up these massive numbers. And I'm sorry, I'm just not seeing it with a guy who is known his entire career as being kind of a dink and dunk kind of a quarterback. I don't see DJ Moore putting up 12, 1,300 yards like everyone's expecting him to. Not in this offense. Um, I think he is more the underneath guy. I, I really think that he is more has to be set up by guys like Robbie Anderson who can run those deep routes. Um, and it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how consistent they can actually do that. But for right now, I'm not I'm not a total believer in DJ Moore either. He was being drafted as wide receiver number 14 overall. So, so yeah, so that's, that's my thoughts there. Uh, moving to the tight end stings, uh, Darren Waller is our main one. He's the only one who is owned in more than, say, 50% of leagues that really just had a rough day today. Uh, 1.9 points. I actually had one of my... Uh, one of my friends who who I give some fantasy advice to asked me. He goes, "What's wrong with with Darren Waller today?" And I looked I looked at my notes again. And I go, "He's going up against the number three defense in terms of giving up fantasy points to the uh, to the tight end. Uh, New England does not give up a lot of points to the tight end. Right now, they bleed points to wide receiver. Um, you know, and we even saw you know some of the uh, the um, the wide receivers for uh, the the Raiders get loose a little bit today. So. Or nothing, m- nothing major, but just you know they were giving up some yards in the passing game. So, um, so yeah, so they they locked down tight ends. So yeah, Darren Waller's our only major, um, oof, our major oofta. In uh, and for those of you who don't know what oofta is, it's a Norwegian term for oh my word, that's just horrible, um, or just good grief, good gracious, however you want to say it, um, oofta. I may have to incorporate that more in, uh, in into our uh, into our podcast. So, so, yeah, Waller was the main one there. So, uh, last but not least, let's get into kind of this um, this Chiefs and Ravens Monday Night Football game. I mean, this is this is going to be a big game. Um, let me see. I'm going to pull up my my rankings, and for this week, let me make sure I've got them all reset. I think I still had Lamar Jackson as the number one quarterback. Yeah, I did have Lamar Jackson, not Russell Wilson. So we'll see. We'll kind of see how that goes. But I did have I have Patrick Mahomes number five. I think that Baltimore's Baltimore's good enough that Patrick Mahomes isn't just going to put up his massive numbers that he normally does. But I still think he's going to put up pretty decent numbers. Um, just with how explosive this offense is, I think it's I think that's the case. Lamar Jackson, um, his ability to run the ball has been has been phenomenal. So. Um, going to, oh, I wanted to check. So I've got Baltimore, Kansas City. Baltimore, the only real quote-unquote weakness they have is giving up points to the tight end. Um, they give up 13.4 in the first two weeks, 13.4 points to the tight end. Um, that's number six, so the sixth most. However, they are the best against wide receivers, the best against running backs, and the fifth best against quarterbacks. So, like I said, this could be a tough game for for uh, Kansas City. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. In terms of Kansas City, they give up the sixth most amount of points to quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, 
Um, Miller or sorry, Lamar Jackson could be in for a decent game, especially if he gets loose running. The you know they're middle of the road. Kansas City's middle of the road against running backs, so we'll see. We'll see who is the main guy for the running backs in Baltimore. It's been back and forth whether it's been you know Ingram or 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 Gus Edwards or um, or J.K. Dobbins. We don't really know. So I think they're, they've tried to spread everything. I mean, and they're running like crazy all over the place. I mean, look, really, the main running back is Lamar is Lamar Jackson, um, and so it's it's kind of hard to trust any of the other running backs, really, right now for Baltimore after only a couple games. So we'll we'll see. Maybe they can establish a little more uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs actually are the sixth best against wide receivers. So they do have a decent secondary. So. It makes me a little hesitant on guys like Marquise Brown. If you're desperate, you know, someone like Miles Boykin, I'm not. I'm not confident in those those kind of picks. So, um, And they are they give the 13th most 10 points per game to the tight end. So um, I really think the, uh, the best, I think the best matchups are going to be uh, Andrews and Kelsey, I think are going to be your, your main guys, and uh, Lamar and and um, Mahomes and beyond that I mean I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire knocked down in my rankings a little bit I know he can catch the ball in the backfield I know he can be elusive but this is a very tough Ravens defense I think I actually in a 10 team league moved Edwards Hilaire to my I believe I actually have him in my flex spot partially because he's playing he was playing the, the last game so uh, the last game of the week, so um, I'm just I'm not fully confident in him against this defense. Um, and as far as that, you know, again, as far as the wide receivers go, Watkins, I believe he is healthy. Or check just for sure, he is he is questionable. So we still don't know for sure if Sammy Watkins is even going to play. So after that, you know, it's Denard Robinson, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, you know. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in, in those guys. You know, maybe Robinson, he's he's shown to be able to put up big games. And McCole Hartman's basically a deep ball specialist. He's basically the, the other Tyreek Hill that doesn't get used as much as Tyreek Hill. So <laughs> um so yeah, so that's that's kind of my my thoughts on the uh, on the Monday night football game. I hope you guys uh, I hope you guys um are able to get the points you need in order to uh, in order to win your games, and I hope that your opponents are not able to get the points they need so that you can win your games this week. Um, I, go p- I hope you guys have also enjoyed uh, the show, the amount of uh, knowledge we try to put uh, out for you guys. Uh, tomorrow night we will be putting on our uh, waiver wire show. I will have early waiver wire rankings out um, soon after uh, you probably listen to this show. So I will have early waiver wire rankings out Monday. Uh, we'll try to get the rest of our um, the rest of our staff who does rankings with us to also put out some waiver wire rankings. Guys that you should pick up uh, in what order. So we'll definitely be doing that. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. We will uh, have a couple more shows this week. Hope we can provide the information you need. Uh, again, my name is Ryan Skullward. This has been the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. And we will talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? 
If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.